You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? And today we're talking about nine things that your dog trainer wish you knew. So, as dog trainers, you know, we're from Kindred Spirits Dog Training in Vista, California. And we talk to you a lot about dog training subjects, but this is some things we wish all our clients knew. And I'm sure other dog trainers agree with us so we're starting at number nine you know we must start backwards backwards. (laughs) there is no one training tool that's right for all dogs and training tool encompasses everything from the type of leash the type of collar a head halter a no pull harness treats specific type of treats clickers whistles bells Anything else, toys, anything else that you decide to use. There is a trainer in our area who believes that one specific training tool, and I won't say what it is because it really doesn't matter, is the one tool that all dogs should wear. And we get a lot of fallout from her classes because this particular tool is not the right tool for every dog. We tend to go along with the theory that We'd like to get to know the dog, get to know the dog owner, find out what issues the two of them might have. Notice we didn't blame it all on the dog, but the issues they both might have. And then find the right tool for that dog. Well, the right tool for dog and owner team. Right. Because many times we'll take a dog and put a training collar of some sort on it. Works great, but the owner can't work it or have the timing so. remember hmm? remember a few years ago when every dog wore a chain slip collar yeah yeah, yeah. but the chain slip collar is very very difficult to use correctly you have to have very very good timing to use it without choking the dog without hanging the dog and of course choking and hanging do not teach the dog uh, and just the timing which is another skill too right yeah. but especially with something like that your timing has to be impeccable. Right. Exactly. It reminds me of my dad saying, it's not the tool, it's the fool using it. Yeah. Well, I can't even remember the last time we recommended a, a slip chain on a dog. We just rarely do. Yeah, it's rare. But, and again, we always and we always have them tried here in class for the whole hour so we can really get to see how they're doing with it. With any tool. Yeah, any of them. Yeah. We don't do it the last minute. Nope. It's very beginning class. We want to show you how to fit it, how it should be used, have you practice, have the students practice in front of us using it so we can refine their technique. Yeah, but that's after we've taken the dog and had the dog get used to it. we find out if the dog responds to the tool. Yeah, exactly. That's our first comment, rule, 
thing wish. that we would like wish, wish her first wish, wish is that dog owners understand there is no one training tool that's right for every dog and every dog and owner. A good trainer should have many tools in their toolbox. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Number eight. How to say this nicely? Many of a dog's issues are caused by the owner or the dog owner relationship. I hate to put all the blame on the owner because many owners just simply don't understand what a given dog or particular dog needs. And I think blame doesn't solve anything. Making somebody feel bad doesn't solve anything. But yeah, it's just I think it's like lack of education or knowledge. Mean, Knowledge. And so many times we'll ask them when, what they're doing to cause the problem. We give them another solution and all of a sudden like, oh, well, that makes sense. Well, the lady that called today and wanted to know about special training for her dog because it was aggressive to other dogs that just came over to say hi. Well, found out she had a five-year-old adult dog who was very well-behaved, did not lunge at other dogs, only reacted when other dogs pushed into her face. I said, sounds like you've got a perfectly reasonable dog. What's your problem with it? (laughs) It's not, you know, it's not fighting. It's not lunging. It's just defending herself. I said, you as the owner need to learn to defend and interrupt these other dogs from being rude to her. You want some strange dog coming up to your face? It's like us. You don't want some stranger all of a sudden go, boom, plastered right in your face. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) So, so. you know, yeah, just the knowledge of understanding what... I think we focus on the people because dogs to us seem fairly honest. For the most part. For the most part. Some of them learn some guile, but... uh, But for the most part, they're doing what works Mm -hmm. or what they need to do or something like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas people often get themselves all twisted. Well, she must have had a really bad puppyhood for her to react this way. And, you know, I was like, (laughs) no. She's adopted and she was abused. That, yes. She's she's (laughs) had the dog three years. So who knows what happened in its first two years. You know, other than that, 98, 99.9% of the time, she's a very happy dog. (laughs) Yeah, that's... So what she, what the owner thought was a problem, I didn't see as a problem for the dog. I told the owner, step up and make sure dogs don't get in her face. And then you won't have an issue. Yeah, exactly. right. So exactly. when we're looking at training and behavior, we're looking at not just the dog's actions, but the owner's actions, the owner's rules, guidelines, beliefs, excuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We do hear the excuses. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the dog that affects his own behavior, but it's a dog-owner relationship that affects behavior. So I was doing a private training with a recently, like within the last 10 days, adopted dog. And um, we were getting along nicely, and he came over and tried to take my pin out of my fingers. (laughs) And I said, "Uh ah-ah. And he stepped back and looked at me. And the mom of the family gave a little gasp. And she's like, can he handle that, considering that he was probably abused before we got him? Oh, my God. And I'm going, does he look upset? (laughs) You know, and he he was a good scientist. He came back and experimented at the other end of the pin. Oh, And I said, no, no, again. And, you know, at one point, he really gave it an all-out effort. And I went, oh, and he just sat back and looked at me and went, okay, all right, I got it now. And the mom was going, wow. I said, I did not beat him. I did not whack him. I gave him information, 
at a level that he was able to deal with, and he was fine with that. You know, it made him feel better to know that there are rules and to know what they are. So, yes, she was going to not tell him anything because he probably couldn't recover from the stress of it. So give him more credit. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay, number three on our list, or counting backwards, nine, eight, seven. Seven. (laughs) Your dog is not getting enough exercise. So many dogs don't get enough exercise. Mm -hmm. We, We hear people come to class, and when I ask how much exercise or what do you do for exercise, oh, we go for a walk every day. Mm-hmm. Or we live on a half an acre. And he exercises himself. Yeah. And they don't. No, not they enough. They don't. I mean, oh, wait, wait, I can get my dogs to exercise. They, they can run the whole two acres if they want. It's the ball. And I'm out there. Otherwise, if I'm in the house, they're hanging out in the front. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, mean, I will grant on. you now that I'm a terrier owner, they are pretty well self-exercising for hunting their <laughs> lizards and things like that. I, well, he's true. busy. <laughs> they're a hunter. Does anybody make a dog pedometer? I would really like oh. to know how many steps. Oh, I have heard that people use the Fitbit ah. and put it on the dog's collar. I'd just be curious to know one how day, many one steps One day I'll today. loan it to you. How many steps Probably a day, Probably like 30,000 or something. <laughs> <laughs> but even that doesn't tire him out like me getting involved with him. Right, right. And exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we go for a walk, but what does that mean? That means you're dragged by your dog down the street. That's not exercise. I have right. a big yard. He's in it all day. Doesn't yeah. mean he runs yeah. around and does laps. Right. Yeah. And then there's two kinds of exercise. Yep. Physical and no. no. mental. Number six, mental ah. exercise. Yeah. And training, teaching, and learning, those are all mental exercises. The brain games, the Nina mm-hmm. Odson toys, the, the Kaijen toys. Board puzzle treat dispensing game right. things. Yeah, right. Them. Physical exercise it's good for mental health as well as physical health. Yeah. But mental exercise prevents boredom, gives them a chance to problem solve, gives them a chance to think. I have herding dogs. They're bred to work. I can't imagine, even with my soon-to-be 10-year-old, if he didn't have stuff to think about it, he'd be making up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, he is already plotting world domination. <laughs> If so he if he had, had more time to think about if, it... If he had thumbs, he would take over the world. Yeah. I can't let him get bored. And that doesn't include the two younger ones. That's the soon-to-be 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got to have mental exercise. So I was gone most of the day yesterday. Now, mm-hmm. my guys did self-exercise to an extent, running down my stairs to the back, chasing lizards. And my roommate threw the ball for him a little bit. But they were still wound up when I got home. But three circuits of the board treat puzzle games where they had to really think. And then they were all ready to go, okay, you mm-hmm. can watch TV and I can relax. Yep. Exactly. Some mental exercise. So number nine was there is not one training tool that's right for every dog. Number eight, many of your dog's problems are owner-related as well as dog-related. When I hear digging, chronic barking... Those are the two big ones that make me go, so, what do you do with your dog during the day? Or how much exercise? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are the big digging, destroying things, either inside or outside, and barking. Those are big red flags for bored. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, so our countdown. No one training tool is right for every dog. Dog problems can be caused by the dog, the dog owner, and the relationship. That's number eight. Number seven. 
your dog might not be getting enough exercise. Number six, how much mental exercise is he getting? Number five, your dog might not be as well trained as you think he is. <laughs> we it's read kind of into this one, one a lot. I love those. <laughs> He's so well behaved. He does everything I ask. And then it's like, drum roll, please. But. What was the one? He doesn't sit. He doesn't come. He doesn't stay. And he but pulls on the leash. That, right. that, oh, and he's not house trained. He's not house trained. But other than that, he's great. You know what? Well, and our definitions are, are high. I mean, our standards are high and our definitions are different. But I am beginning to suspect. So we did. We started a therapy dog class a couple of weeks ago. And a number of people came with their dogs who just were sure their dogs were going to be great therapy dogs. Mm-hmm. And are they all behaved? They're all told ahead of time what yes. the obedience requirements are, and that the therapy dog class is not the obedience class. Mm-hmm. But I think, and after after the last group, which surprisingly, you know, those people dug down and they worked their dogs. And they anyway, did. I think they came in because they thought sweet dogs or Human liking dogs is the same thing as well-behaved trained dogs. Yeah, that's true. I'm beginning to think that's the. Mo- that's oh, but the, he yeah. loves to be with people and cuddle with them. That is a great trait, but that is not my definition of a well-trained dog. And you know, because yeah. Bones and I were in that class, I was looking at it from a student's perspective. And now Bones is a very nice adolescent puppy, but he's the least trained of my three dogs because he is younger and yes I've worked with him quite a bit but he's still an adolescent puppy so I knew he would pass the evaluation because it is just basics but I look upon him as he's still moldable clay he's young he's a work in progress he's a work in progress Mm -hmm. but in that class I felt like he was Einstein yeah oh yeah yeah (laughs) oh yeah and you, well, you know, I, I generally try to be nice and, and this is going to be fun. And from day one with this class, I'm like, do not expect to just get a pass on this. <laughs> Taking this class does not mean you will pass the evaluation at the end. And there you, are and, no guarantees. I mean, when, you, when you announced that at the beginning of that class... It you made it. It was like, look, very clear. It was very clear. And what it, what amazes me, people worked. They did. They, they did. worked they, their dogs. They yeah. trained their dogs. When the, they saw how sloppy some of their sits and downs, are, and then we would demo. Even the people who gone to other places for training, they thought that well, we're, we got all the obedience. It's amazing how they actually did very well. They did. There was they and dug they in. Saw our standards. Much and more of them passed. It. Than I, I had, expected. Than I had and expected. I, I yes. have to admit, working yes. in the class, I exaggerated a little bit of when Bones would do something. Yeah, awesome job. Thank sure. you. Mm-hmm. Hoping that the people who were working around me would emulate you. Emulate a little bit. Yeah. So, and yes, we do have higher standards. I expect that all of my dogs, by the time they reach adulthood, should be safe and responsive to me off leash. Mm -hmm. That's my goal, that my dogs will come the first time I call them, that my dogs will hold the stay no matter what the distractions. Because that's your subset of safe. (laughs) Yes, exactly. They can do this. Right, right. And I want to be able to take my dogs places. So we do have high standards, but I think those should be basic standards for everyone. Exactly. Again, the, not this particular guy with his little dog, but in previous therapy dog classes. Well, why does 
Why does she have to sit and stay and walk nicely on a leash? She's so little, I'll just carry her and put her in people's laps. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that yeah. again, that's confusing yeah. being sweet and loving with it's being well trained and obedient yes. and behave right. and obedient. Yeah. What happens if one day she jumps down? Yeah. Takes off, runs down the hallway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't have yep. a good recall. So that was number five. Your dog might not be as well-trained as you think he is. What is your definition of well-trained? Think about that. Right. Yeah. And counting down, number four, TV trainers, (laughs) the internet. (laughs) If you have come to our class (laughs) and you have paid to attend our class, please don't go and ask questions or listen to everybody else. I don't know how many people come to our class. At and, least give us a chance first. Okay. And do that poke thing. Oh, God. Or, if or I had the, clippers, I'd cut fingers off. It like, <laughs> drives me crazy. And it doesn't work. And my sister's boyfriend's ex-girlfriend's mother. Hairdresser. And hairdresser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was, all dogs love her. And her advice was. Did she ever see your dog? Did she ever see? Anyway. Yes. And for the TV, every problem can be solved in 15 minutes, including time for commercials. And, Uh yep, amazing. Some of these trainers, a male trainer, how many times has that sucker been bit? Every dog trainer is going to get bit once in a while. Mm -hmm. But nobody should be bit that often. I mean, it's just, no. And, and I grant you, he does work with, what is he, uh, well, anyway, he works with the hardest one. But he was also doing that with a little chihuahua. I know. Fit. Several oh, yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. So it's not just the gladiator if, dogs. If you're attending someone's class, whether it be ours or another trainer, if you've done enough research that you feel comfortable attending that class, give the trainer a chance. Stop watching training shows. Stop reading the internet. Give the trainer a chance. What happens, I think, (laughs) when people get too much information from too many sources, whether it be TV shows or girlfriend's brother's hairdresser. Or podcasts. Or podcasts. (laughs) Or books or DVDs. When you combine too many different styles and techniques, you and the dog both get confused. And when we have someone attend one of our classes who's gone through training with another trainer that perhaps it didn't work out or they weren't happy and they came to us, the first thing I tell them on on first week of class is, if you get confused, stop and ask us a question. Don't just try to barrel through it, but stop and ask us. We'll be more than happy to explain why we do things the way we do. And a lot of them do. A lot of them will say... Okay, this is the way I used to do it. Should I change or can I continue this way? And depending on what they're working on, a lot of times I'll say, go ahead and keep doing it that way. That's Mm -hmm. fine. It'll work. Or using different terms, different commands. We say one way, they, you know, tomato, tomato. Look at me. Yeah, that's okay. The end result's the same. And that is one of my definitions of finding a good trainer. Can they explain to you why they're using a technique? Mm -hmm. Right. And then secondarily, do they have a backup if that technique didn't work? So that's part of my judging a trainer. Okay, so why did you work that way? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And what if that we do? That and having multiple techniques. Yeah. Are are there more? Fail-safe plan. Right, right. 
just as no one training tool is right for every dog, no one technique is right for every dog and every owner. Having a backup technique, a backup method is always a good idea. So then there was that one day in class when you, first week class, and you're asking, so has anybody been to training somewhere else? And Mm -hmm. someone raised their hand and said, yes, it's so-and-so. And And you took a deep breath and said, now we don't train the same way. And you were about to finish it. And she just jumped up and said, oh, thank God, that's why I'm here. (laughs) Now, I am sure that has happened to students of ours who have left and gone someplace else. Because nothing, there's not one training tool for every purpose. Right. There's no one technique that's right for everyone. But yes, I was trying to be politically correct. and and, and, uh. She was just delighted. Yes, because that way it didn't work. Okay, fine. Okay, counting down. You have to practice with your dog. Oh, no, it's only 15 minutes, including commercials. So that's once a week, right? (laughs) Bad. And don't think we can't tell. Oh, oh my gosh, can we by tell? By the yeah. second week, we can tell. Yeah, we can. We can tell which people have worked, which people have practiced the technique, mm-hmm. and which ones haven't. There is no midnight cramming the, the, the night, night before, before your class. Yeah, exactly. To get your dog to understand and enjoy doing what we, what we ask them to do in class. Yeah, exactly. You I know. think I made. I think I even made real quiet. I think I even made a comment in one of the puppy classes to one of our assistants, and I said, "You know, I don't think that young man ever trains his dog. I think his mom's doing it. Uh, Just the way he was working with the dog. He only comes on Sundays because or Saturdays because he has to because it's his puppy. But I think during the week he's a young teen. I even know which puppy you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. He's busy. He's got a social life. Yeah. Mom comes to class two and listens Uh to the lectures. He tries to work with a puppy, and then, Uh yeah, I'm sure the rest of the week. Yeah, mom's doing her best. He plays with puppy. Well, playing's fun, but, you know, that's. Yes, and I know how he plays because the puppy (laughs) mouths him and chews on him. Yeah. (laughs) So we know. We're back to dogs are pretty honest most of the time about their behavior. Right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you can't cover for me this time. Pretend like you know how to lay down and stay. There, there. It's not going to happen. You know, especially as the classes go long, and and we're asking to stay for a little bit longer. We're asking them to sit instead of jumping up on people. You've got to have that foundation and build on it. You yeah. can't fake it. <laughs> Contrast becomes a little more apparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that was number three. Number two. How many people have we had that call or email and say, I'm sure my dog is aggressive because he barks at or he growls at. There's no one definition of aggression. Yeah. Aggression to some dog owners seems to be anytime the dog is anything other than sweet and lovable. Anything other than a beanie baby stuffed toy. Yeah. Right. Right. I know it's like the go-to word or something like again I put some I, of that back know. on some of the TV trainers. Yeah. Yeah. You know there's some words that have been overused to the point that we don't even use them anymore. Dominance. Pack leader. Pack leader. Alpha. Yeah. Those have been overused so badly that the definition of all those have become so muddied you can't really use the words Right, correctly. They've been right. stretched exactly. so badly. And I've been adding aggression to that. I don't use aggression 
at all, hardly anymore, unless we have a true, in a behavior consultation, a true, truly dangerous, aggressive dog. Other than that, we have to break it down. Yes, your dog is showing some reactivity to strange dogs. He's lunging, barking, growling at strange dogs. But that may not be aggression. That might be fear. Yeah. That might be a lack of socialization. Your dog growling when someone comes into your house that he doesn't know, that could be protectiveness. I think aggression as a word has been so overused that we really can't define it anymore. No. And people mm-hmm. have a hard time, too. Those that say, well, we live near a marine base. Right. And so a lot of the guys and then some of the women, Marines, too, but they get... It's mostly the wives who are left behind right? who say, I wanted this dog for protection while my husband was stationed right. overseas. And so they want protection. Right. So they encourage aggression. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they call us when the dog is yeah. dangerous. And they're scared of the dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or they got into some trouble. The dog did. Or they chose the wrong breed. Yeah. Oh, remember. Yes. The dad he chose was, the wrong oh. breed because he'd, be, he'd feel safe or his family's safe while he's overseas. And it's like, oh. Just, oh, we dear. won't use names, but he bought a oh. King Corso puppy. Yes. And was home for a couple of months. With a cute little adorable roll of public. And then he was off overseas for a couple of years. And meanwhile, she had a job and the kids and this protective breed puppy. Yep. That grew to be, what was he, 175? Oh, yeah. yeah. He weighed more than her. And he, by his breed, his genetic makeup, his heredity, he was overly protective to the point that dangerously so. Without, without really considering the breed and the age that they got him, they really didn't socialize him during the time they should have. By the mm-hmm. time he got here, yeah. mm-hmm. in order for me to handle him, I always felt like I was moving through chocolate pudding, making sure to keep my movements careful and slow. And we always had two, two trainers on him. And yes. two trainers at all times around yeah. him. And we did finally recommend that he be sent back to the breeder, but... Dad didn't want to hear it. Well, but remember, he was actually doing much better, and then Dad came home. Yeah. But now Dad was an intruder. Yes. Yep. And he wouldn't let Dad in the house. Right. (laughs) And that's when it came to a point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That was the shame. But So aggression, yeah. Or the, the woman I spoke with today that was worried that her dog was aggressive because it had napped at the, the other dogs getting in its face. It didn't cause any fights, didn't draw any blood. She snapped. What was she supposed to do? The couple I yelled at last week. Boy, I'm really getting to be a dragon lady. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to say Yeah, yeah. So last week a woman called off. I'll have taught you well, grasshopper. (laughs) Yeah, you used to, the first couple of years it was, Kate, speak up. Kate, speak up. (laughs) Now it's like, okay, take a break. Um, I haven't said that yet. (laughs) I just giggle. (laughs) She called because they had adopted a dog from a very reputable humane society, private humane society in the area. They adopted it on a Friday. On Saturday, they took it to the park to cheer on her daughter's softball team. Poor dog. And they were there for four or five hours. Which is just... He hasn't even bonded with them yet. The only reason they left after five hours 
was because the dog finally growled at the same guy, by the way, that had petted him three times already. And the guy was coming around for a fourth round, and the dog went, not again. So she calls me all in a panic. Did we adopt an aggressive dog? And should we take him back? Should we take him back right now? And I said, no. And I I told her what I thought about taking him out there that Mm -hmm. soon without all the above. And then I did apologize for speaking frankly. And then I was vindicated because she said I had worked with him eight years ago. And I was just as frank at that time. And it worked. (laughs) Well, there you go. So they were coming back for more with their new dog. (laughs) So I was like, okay, cool. Being a dragon sometimes really is needed and is helpful. Uh-huh. And he is. He, after a week of calming down, he's a lovely dog, and they're very, very happy that they have him. And he's got a chance to take a breath and get to know them and trust them. And they have not had any more examples of aggression since then. Poor baby. Poor baby. I mean, he's really one of the doop de doop kind of dogs, right. you know? Right, didn't. I didn't even have any hairs on the back of my neck go up at all. Even when he came over and tried to take the pen out of my hand, I was just like, you silly, no. Uh-uh. Oh, okay, no. All right, so, so counting down our number one wish that we'd like all of our students and podcast listeners to understand, to know, <laughs> is dog trainers cannot predict the future. <laughs> we don't know how your puppy's going to grow up. We don't know whether your training's going to be successful because we don't know what you're doing at home. All we can see is what you're doing here at class or what you're not doing here at class. But so many people ask us, can you guarantee your training? I must be coming up with these examples because I've gotten so many phone calls on the training line. (laughs) But this afternoon's walk around. Uh And it turned out to be a nice guy. He's got an eight-week-old Papillon. Okay. And But he did slip in a question, and he said, uh, eight-week-old Papillon now, should I start with the puppy class? Because I eventually want her to be an agility champion. Whoa, poor baby. Talk about a little pressure. (laughs) Will this class help her in agility? And I went, We'll just start with bonding with the puppy. Yeah. Get to know it. How about first have a nice pet and companion and learn some skills, but I just... Let's not go to step 50 yet. Yeah, yeah. um, Well... Or the the guy that <laughs> called the last week and wanted puppy. he wanted to know what German Shepherd puppy to buy so that it could be a service dog for his ten month old child. His ten month old child. He wanted to buy a German Shepherd puppy to guarantee that it would be a service dog for his ten month old child. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently you guys were not around when that call came in. Uh, no. <laughs> Because after speaking nicely on the phone, both Don and I were going, ah, people, ah, how come they even knew? Yeah. Oh, we there can, are no guarantees. No, there are no guarantees whatsoever. Tried buying the the magic wand at Disneyland, but it didn't work. Several times. Yeah. <laughs> Several times. We tried different versions, tried, different did. colors. We did. Never worked. Put, put fresh batteries in it yeah. and everything. Poof. Didn't work. Poof. Poof. <laughs> no, nope. yeah, nope. not a thing. Actually, no. I think Bashir finally buried it somewhere. He got so tired of us playing with <laughs> it. Yeah. But they're no more so than a parent can look at a two-year-old and say, "You're going to grow up to be this." Sure, exactly. And even then, exactly. So it's just a two-year-old of a human child. Yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> even when you do everything 
quote-unquote right, the dog is still going to be a unique individual. Mm-hmm. My mother dressed me in frilly dresses. And <coughs> tried, now look at you. And tried to <laughs> teach me to cook and tried to teach me. She enrolled me in all the home ec classes. And even with all her efforts, I still grew up to be me. Yeah. Yeah. And dogs are the same way. Yeah. We, but you are a really good RV cook. I'm a good RV cook. Gosh <laughs> darn it. And we go our trips. You're all awesome. those home ec classes paid off. So you paid off there. As long as I got a box of biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> and that was an unsolicited commercial. <laughs> so, yeah, the dog is going to be who he is. And even the best breeders, if they're honest, can't tell you what this puppy's going uh-uh. to grow up to be. They can say the mother of the litter was this way. There are breed tendencies. There are breed tendencies. Mm -hmm. There are individual tendencies. Then there are lines of Uh families of dogs within a certain breed. Right. Mm -hmm. They have Mm -hmm. tendencies. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's the owner's interaction, the socialization, the training, the environment. There's nature and And nurture. nurture. And and the, the unique individual. So... Trainers cannot you, predict the future. What did you just say a few minutes ago about Bones? That he's a year and a half and you still consider him moldable and molding. Right. He's right. not set yet. Right. Exactly. Cisco. Yeah. Cisco was a rescue, basically. Yeah. He was very fearful. He still has the tendency to be a little reactive. Today on the therapy dog visit in one of the wings, the lady was vacuuming. Yeah. So we stood at the end of the wing, and he watched her vacuum. When she turned our direction, he was a little, eh, that's a noisy vacuum. That doesn't sound like my Dyson at home. Mm. That's a noisy vacuum. Another unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> but he's learned coping skills. He didn't run. He didn't panic. He was still a little fearful. But he recuperated well. And my point of that whole thing was... Even at coming up on four years old, he's still growing and changing. Well, that's the other part. Somebody says, I want my dog to be this. Uh-huh. Well, do you stay one thing your whole lifetime? No, oh, you're growing a dragon. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I used to be nice and shy. See? Yeah, I ruined that too. Look at See? the effect I've had on both of you two. It's totally ruined me. The lady that says, well, my dog is five years old. Is she too old for class? I get that a lot. I get that a lot. The oldest we've had was 14. That was, yeah. yeah. And learned. He learned and he had fun. Great time. So nobody should ever be done. No, exactly. You know, so you're being buried, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, give dogs more credit. Mm -hmm. So to go back through our wish list, things that dog trainers and especially us wish that your dog, dog and dog owners knew is one, there is no one training tool that's right for every dog, that canine problems are not just caused by the dog. Hmm. The owner's got an effect in there too, and and or the relationship. Your dog needs physical exercise, he needs mental exercise, and one of our favorites, your dog might not be as well trained as you think he is. (laughs) And then four... If you've hired us to help you with your dog, give us a chance. Don't be be listening to your son's brother's wife's ex-wife's hairdresser. (laughs) Number three, you've got to practice with your dog. Our magic wand doesn't work. You have to practice. 
and then don't latch on to the term the word aggression give a little more detail talk about the individual circumstance don't label your dog aggressive and last dog trainers cannot predict the future we try sometimes we'll take a guess at it but we can't predict the future i can't even predict the weather tomorrow when people call and ask are we having classes Why not? Oh. Hold on, let me look at Weather Channel. Like you, you can know, look at Weather Channel. Even they're only 35% correct. So I wish we had a magic No, and I with, don't wish we have a magic ball because that would take away the joy away of the, all the fun. Exactly. And with all this said, we love what we do. We love working with the dogs. We love working with the dog owners. We do this. We're not getting rich doing it. No. Nope. Not by a long shot. So, Whoa, wait a minute. What? Yeah, you yeah, were told sorry. that. <laughs> oh, I know. Shoot. I'm not yeah. getting rich writing books, neither. <laughs> I kept waiting. I figured eventually we'd get rich. <laughs> so we're not saying all of these things because we don't like dogs and their owners. We do. We get a great deal of pleasure out of seeing dogs and owners progress and behavior get better. We love it even more like the one client who came to you eight years ago and is now back. We get people now who are on their oh second gosh. or third generation of dogs. Yeah. We came to you 12 years ago and 14 years ago. And I think currently yeah. we have one to two students in each class that are returning from years yeah. ago with their new dog. You remember it, so-and-so? He's passed away. That's their new dog. That's joy that they've come back to us. But it oh. also says to me joy that they have experienced the love uh, <laughs> Having a good dog in their life. In their life. Yeah. And they want to do it again. They yeah, value exactly. the knowledge and the training and the joy of a well-trained dog. The joy of a well-trained dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. take these as we mean them, not as critiques, not as complaints about dogs and their owners, but as our wishes that could help both dogs and their owners. And on that note, we'll call it a quince. <laughs> You know what I was thinking? Whenever I want to feel, perk myself up, so I think about this guy in one of our basic class that came in with a dog that was really hunched over and worried. And and then just the other week, we had them healing, and that dog was prancing, tail held high, front feet popping, staring at his dad with a great big smile, and the dad was smiling. That's what it's all about. That's what yep. it's all about. Exactly. That's yep. what we want to achieve. Yep. If we got fame and glory and riches, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, I'll that would just settle. be frosting we'll settle on the cake. We'll settle <laughs> for a happy dog with a happy human. There you okay. go. All right. That's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>